Just before we get started, I want to share with you one of our sponsors and a secret to our success. I don't know about you, but I got into commercial property to build a more passive income. But how do you manage multiple clients and contracts in multiple buildings without spending all of your time on endless spreadsheets? After a lot of research, we use Office R&D, the best flexible workspace software to manage our CMO buildings, co-working and flexspace. For starters, the automated bill run saves hours of work and means we don't miss any revenue. Plus, I can get many reports on the performance of each product and location. But here's the real clincher. We all need to focus on customers more and our clients can now use our app to access buildings, book meeting rooms, review their invoices. And there's a great feature where they can interact with our member community. And this is all managed from within the Office R&D platform. There's a partner link in the show notes so you can book a demo. Take a look, see how the system can improve your operations and customer experience. Right, make yourself comfortable. Let's get on with today's show. Try to prioritise clients with a long-term vision and stable business plans. Welcome back to the Commercial Property Investor Podcast and I'm your host Jerry Alexander and welcome to another one of our short Monday episodes which are designed to cover specific subjects in more depth. I want to give you some information you can use. Now last week on our Monday episode we spoke about some of the red flags that our team have come across on viewings with potential customers. Recognising them early on can save you from potential headaches down the line. This episode is more about processes and some of the good signs to look out for. More green light than red flag. Of course, on reflection, there are some other red flags that have come to mind since recording last week's episode, such as the prospect giving you too many business names or constantly boasting about how awesome they are. But this week, we're going to go through some of the other ways to vet your potential customer. They're not all tasks and background checks. Most are about you asking more questions and making observations. It's really a bit like a job interview. Okay, let's dive in. First of all, work through a screening process that includes some background checks, perhaps a credit history. There are companies you can pay to do this, or even you could ask your accountant, who should be registered with a company for this service. Ask them for references if you think you need them, and a company's house check will give you some detail on the business, the directors and their other interests, current and past. Find out where the business is currently located. Look at social media, LinkedIn, their website to try and get better context of who they are. Now we need to watch that we don't overstep the mark here and really concentrate on the business rather than the individual. Credit checks do need permission, but this should be a B2B transaction and not a business to consumer, which is a different thing. Secondly, make sure their requirements align with your property. Select businesses whose base requirements align with your property's offerings. A well-matched business is more likely to stay longer term and maintain a positive relationship with you and with other customers. For example, if your property primarily offers to technology companies, choosing a client in the tech industry ensures they're going to be a better fit for your property and may lead to a longer and more successful occupancy. Don't book someone in who's going to need lots of parking if you don't have any. And if they're... They have lots of needs for quietness and other tenants are quite noisy. So the other part of this is making sure they don't potentially conflict with other businesses in your property either. And I don't necessarily mean on a competitive basis, but more on a synergy level. For instance, a very noisy recruitment consultant 
in a shared space where everybody else is trying to be quiet and get on with the work isn't very good. Third thing, long-term vision. Try to prioritise clients with a long-term vision and stable business plans. And of course, this is all with the luxury of having loads of clients following all over you so you can actually choose them. And I appreciate sometimes when you're getting started, you just want to get somebody in. Some landlords actually insist on seeing business plans, financials, management experience, financial backers, and insist on personal guarantees. But this is more common with longer term FRI leases, not necessarily in flex space. But even with flex space, it is important to improve your and their success rates. So lots of customer churn does lead to increased vacancy costs, right? As soon as somebody moves out, you're going to find somebody else and additional efforts to find those replacements. So finding out about their business goals and growth plans can help determine whether they're going to be suitable for a long-term stay and establish a more reliable rental income for you. Fourth thing, continues to set expectations about the contract agreement. So outline terms, rules, and policies in your agreement to avoid misunderstandings or conflicts later on. A transparent agreement ensures that both parties understand their rights and responsibilities, reducing the likelihood of any disputes further down the line. And setting expectations about how the location operates and what the um, other people in the building do helps set the picture for your new customer and also so that you can refer back to those later on should anything happen. Now, fifth thing, find out what they want and why they want to take space from you. Where are they coming from? Going back to a red flag for a moment, if they are evasive about where they're moving from, they could be leaving under a cloud. So it's important to find out why it is they actually want to take space with you and where they've come from. Sixth thing, responsible use of the property. Choose clients who will use the property responsibly. I mean, obviously, but they're going to comply with your specific regulations, I guess, or your house rules, because responsible clients are more likely to take care of your property. Stick to the terms of your license agreement, particularly if you set those expectations, and be respectful to maybe neighbours or other occupants in your property. And verifying a potential client's history of property use, back to the thing about finding out where they've been before, can reveal some interesting stories. Seventh thing, have they got good communication skills? This is actually quite an important one. If they do, then they're more likely to keep in dialogue with you about any issues. A customer that communicates openly and honestly is easier to work with. It makes life much easier down the track. So do they reply to your emails and calls or just when it suits them. I appreciate everyone is busy and I don't always answer my emails or return calls, but sometimes we just drop the ball or get a bit overwhelmed. However, moving into a property is actually quite a big deal for some people, at least if it's going to happen anytime soon. They may tell you that it's urgent, but what you do speak so loudly, I can't hear what you say. So what I'm saying here is if they're communicating with you regularly, that stands them in good stead for the later. If they're not, two things. One, it says that maybe later they're going to be even more difficult to communicate with once they've moved in. And number two, they might actually not be ready to move in yet. So the last thing here, do they behave professionally? <laughs> that sounds like a ridiculous thing to ask. But on a viewing, 
for those moving over from residential, I often hear how much more professional it is dealing with commercial clients, at least compared to residential tenants. Having said that, there is a certain segment of micro-business community that don't have many manners or behave professionally. In fact, come to think of it, there's a few professionals who don't behave professionally. For those of you that are regular podcast listeners, probably know which sector I'm talking about. If you can look for clients that are professional in the way they do things and they show respect for you and your property, that's going to be much better for the long, long term. As much as we like everybody to be our friend, the primary objective here is to have a sustainable property with rent-paying clients. So a professional and responsible customer is more likely to adhere to the terms of your license, make rental payments on time and take care of your property and not cause you any um, hassles. So there's much more to this topic. You would think selling office space would be a relatively simple task, but many new commercial investors think that way. But you see, to in the end, it's a bit of an art. We absolutely need to get better at it. And I'm talking about our own business, certainly myself. And every viewing teaches you just that little bit more and reveals a little bit more of the jigsaw. This short episode is really about giving you a few tools to get started. Don't beat yourself up if you mess up a viewing. There'll always be another one. If there was one piece of advice I could give above all others, I think it would be this. Trust your gut. If something doesn't quite sit right, then pay attention to that sixth sense. We definitely don't have to like all of our customers, although that does help. It's more about whether we trust them and what they're saying makes sense, both in terms of the reason why they want to space with you and what their long-term plans sound like. So make sure you do these checks and observe how these potential customers react during that viewing. It's not all about selling the space, it's as much about them selling themselves to you. Hi there, I hope you're enjoying the content delivered on the CPI podcast. Even though it's free to listen to, it actually takes quite a bit of time and financial commitment to deliver each and every episode. Did you know that by leaving a positive written review, you, yes, you, will have a direct impact on the visibility of the podcast? And that's really important because by reaching a wider audience, it helps our team to continually improve the overall content that we deliver to you week after week. For some of you, leaving a review will be second nature, but for others, it might be a first one. Open your podcast app, pick the CPI podcast and search for previous reviews. And on iTunes in particular, click to look at all of the reviews and then you'll see an option to leave a written review. Go on, it'll only take two minutes and it'll really make our day. And we genuinely read every single one of them.